Hello there and welcome to the latest episode of the Sith Taker Snapshots podcast. Um, joining me, Rich Polly, once again is uh, Liam Baker. Bonjour, no. You back? Are you back in the room? I'm back once again like a renegade master. No, we did that as the outro a few weeks ago. You can't do that joke again. You've got to think of a new thing. Back for good, maybe? Better take uh, that. B- back in black. Okay, that's a bit better. I'd like you to because... say it like the guy from ACDC, though. Uh, no, I'm back, unlike Lionel Blair, who's dead. <laughs> oh, okay, right. we're, we're going to have to unpack that in a little bit for listeners who, <laughs> who haven't experienced you on Discord over the last week or so. Um, okay. Also also joining myself and Liam is Ben Hibbert. Hi, Ben. Hello. I'm having to look who Lionel Blair is. So Lionel Blair was a dancer who was on telly for a bit in the 80s at the height of kind of British kind of um, uh, talent show TV. So when it was all like singing and dancing and, you know, proper like, oh, he's going to go and do a turn. A little bit like you would get in a working man club in Bolton these days sort of thing. But it was on primetime Saturday night TV. And Lionel Blair is a very talented tap dancer. And he passed away a few weeks ago. And oh. everybody in the entire world went, oh, that's sad. Lionel Blair's died. He was a nice man and he was quite good at dancing. And Liam laughed and shouted, good, I hated Lionel Blair. And I have no idea why. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. He does look a bit creepy. But he, does. I mean, he looks like a cross between David Dickinson and somebody else who's also got an orange tan. So so anyway, anyway, we're gonna we're gonna move on past this before we make it so um unpublishable that Tim has to just not just bother bleeping stuff out, but just deleting old chunks of the podcast. So he does that uh, whenever Liam speaks. Anyway, hey hey, that's fair. That is fair. It is fair. Um, so uh, this week, um, there's obviously been no new content um released by AMG since the the bombshells of a few weeks ago. Um, but. <laughs> We have had a little bit of time to digest it, and there's been an awful lot of opinions flying around on the internet. So we are going to talk a little bit about that because um, I obviously missed last week's podcast when uh, it all, according to some reviewers, went a bit and I could bleak. Um, so I, I haven't listened myself because I only listen when I'm on because you know, love my voice. Why did you post <laughs> a message in the chat saying it was a good episode then? I didn't. <laughs> Why are you lying? Why would I lie about something like that? I don't know. Because you're weird. weird to lie about it. <laughs> I know, very strange. <laughs> and yet, here you are. <laughs> so anyway, we're going to have a little bit of a chat about it. Because, um, you know, the, we've, we've had time to kind of unpack it and have some thoughts and, and stuff like that. We've obviously heard some very uh, divergent opinions. Um, but they've mostly been negative. So, um Anyway, the other stuff we're going to talk about is a few of us have been playing at live events over the last couple of weeks, um, and uh, there's been a few things that have been going on um, where every X-Wing player from the Republic of Ireland got together in Munster's Rugby Stadium and played rugby. Uh, no, they didn't play rugby. They played X-Wing. Um, so, uh, yeah, there was uh, there was a little tournament. It was, called, uh, it was at the Gatherings Game Day, which is a... Um, uh, it's like a a gaming convention uh, that's run um, kind of annually. Um, and as part of that, they've ran an X-Wing tournament. So um, there was, uh, as I said, all of the Irish X-Wing players, plus a couple of travelers from Northern Ireland and Oliver Williams, who traveled all the way from somewhere in the Midlands. Uh, he maybe. lives in Leicester. Leicester. Okay. And he turned Plays up on the right day. 
yeah, he got there on the right day. And yeah, uh, and so um, the guys played uh, four rounds of Swiss there. So there was, um, I I keep saying every X-Wing player in Ireland, it it obviously wasn't, um, I'm joking. There was 12 people went and played four rounds of X-Wing. which was lovely to see. It was organised by Gary Colton. So um, well done, Gary. We know he listens to the podcast when he's doing his multiple trips around the various corners of Ireland. Um, so uh, well done for organising the event. And yourself for going two and two, nice and evens. It's the acceptable score for the TO. You can't do too well, or there's calls of shenanigans, but you can't do too badly, otherwise you, you lose respect. Um, Tell so. that to the guys down in the tin squadron. I know. <laughs> I'm just going to organise this event. Oh, what happened? I went five zero and won it. <laughs> How did that happen? Um, so, uh, anybody want to guess which Irishman won the uh, the Irish the Irish national? I mean, the Irish um, X Wing game tournament. Am I, am I allowed to guess, even though I know the answer? I think everybody knows the answer, even people who don't know. Uh, it was cool. it's, it's a tough. It's a there's a toss up between two of them. I'd say. Was it Rich? No, because I wasn't there, mate. Oh, man. Otherwise, I'd have crushed it, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was Cormac. Cormac Higgins um, of the 186 Squadron. So, uh, well done to Cormac. Uh, once again, flying um, some variation of his um, Republic nonsense um, that he's been using around and about the place. And I've been trying to copy with much less success. Yeah, uh, but you did because... bring Godball. I know, I brought Oddball instead of Jedi Aces. So, yeah, you know. Godball, you called him the other night. And I was interested in I know Odd, Oddball with Kit Fisto crew is great fun, but not necessarily good. Um, Any chance I get to say fisting makes me happy. <laughs> so <laughs> Cormac was running um, Anakin, Anakin and Shakti in uh, in ETA twos with Patience and Predator with R two D two on Anakin Skywalker to help deal with those pesky bombs. Um, and loyalist volunteers times two, one with Esk because it's free, and one with Besh and Coronets and Tucker with proton rockets. So. Um, Tucker's the one who gets to take a focus action uh, after one of his uh, friendlies shoots. So uh, I've played that combo a little bit myself, and it's a great laugh. Oh, Steve White, right, one of our locals, Steve. Filthy, was playing some T-70s. He'd put jamming beam on them because it was free. He only shot me twice with jamming beam so that he could jam off the focus from Tucker after I took it so that I couldn't fire my double modded prockets. But then he got two through, so he got rid of the target lock as well. So I didn't even get to do a modded single, uh, modded normal attack. Oh, it's filthy. Literally the only time I've ever seen somebody using a jamming beam was raging. (laughs) Jamming beam is point for point the best upgrade. And it's definitely point for point the best upgrade in the game. It is. Um, so anyway, well done to Cormac and to all the other lads that went down uh, to um, Cork, I think it was, literally at the bottom of Ireland. I know Connor drove down from uh, Connor, who was on last week. Oh, was it Limerick? Yeah, Connor, Connor drove all the way down um, from Belfast. And it was as long of a journey for him as it was for... Um, Cormac. As long as of a journey for him as it was for Cormac um, and for people coming over from England as well. It cost Oliver more in a taxi fee than it did in plane fares. There's <laughs> <laughs> something wrong, something seriously wrong with that. I would just like to say uh, well done to everyone apart from Oliver Williams because Oliver Williams chose to fly to a different country to avoid playing me in a tournament and then he still finished seventh, so... Even though you weren't there. Uh, well, he avoided me. 
but you influenced matters. Yeah. Oh yeah, I told everyone to make sure he didn't make cut, and Pulled then Gary was like, "Well, Wolverhampton, I'm straight." Pulled the strings of fate. Yeah, I spat in my my mystery toilet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, so that's that one. Um, the other <laughs> event, <laughs> the other event that happened recently was there was a wee, a wee monthly. So the board and Brum do these monthly um, X-wing events that actually get um, a reasonably um, pointy room going on. Um, there's a whole bunch of the guys travel up from kind of the um, vagabond squadron, so um, from Bristol. Um, so no. Um, Steve Bolton uh, and his boy Alex were there, and I know that the Greenaways travelled up for that one as well. Um, so, uh, oh, as well as uh, Mr. Cameron. So, a little bit of a of a regular um, trip happening as people go from uh, from kind of Bristol area up to Birmingham for these monthly events, um, as well as seeing all the the guys from kind of Jubilee Squadron um, and yourself, Liam. You were there, as always. How did it go? Good event. Uh- yeah, I enjoyed it. I always do, though, to be fair. Um, I th- ended up finishing third because Jerry Koskella did awful things to me with a, a Rear Admiral Chirinu Decimator and Whisper. Okay, was, so this is, this, is, this is Jerry Hanover System Open winner, only ever flies Imperials. So when yeah. Imperials get good, Jerry suddenly smashes people in the face a lot. Um, yeah, and when Imperials much. stop being good, then Jerry just mooches about upsetting people going four and two or better. Uh, yeah, he he's doesn't a very good have player. a bad tournament. He, I think I think the worst tournament I've ever seen him having was he went three three at the other system open, um, where he was flying Imperial aces in a meta where Imperial aces just couldn't do anything, and he just didn't have. A, it was the first time I played him actually, and he was not having a good day. And him having the worst day possible, he still goes evens. Um, he's, a, yeah. he's a very, very, very strong player um, okay. and a, a good friend of the Sith Takers as well. I think he's been on the podcast before, actually, quite a long time ago, though. Mm. I think we definitely had him on to chat. Um, he's also got a really good ana- analytical brain of the game as well. He he can pull apart a game. Uh, he has a really good insight to how the game works as well, especially from an Ace's point of view. Yeah. I mean, he's a statistician, so his brain works in that kind of a way. Yeah. You know, he's a professionally a statistician, not just a nerd who likes playing with numbers. He is actually, um, I think he's a lecturer in statistics at one of the uh, universities in Birmingham. I don't know what he does, so I'm just going to say he owns a university. Okay. <laughs> That's so much more normal than I was expected. <laughs> it's, it's Jerry. I've got all the respect for Jerry. So it still doesn't stop you being weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just looking at I'm just looking at his list and he's got all sorts of cool stuff going on here. So he he was using and I think this one's worth talking about because it is a little bit like re- retrograde to 8 years ago um in terms of the the ship combination. So he's got Rack and Whisper. He's got Whisper with Duke Fifth Brother and targeting computer. So, you know, lock evade, target lock, focus, force, everything that you want to have basically. Um, and then pushing damage using Duke, um, or um, potentially stripping tokens um, by forcing spend before Rack shoots them with a. I was going to say a double modded shot, but you know it gets worse because Rack has Lone Wolf and Darth Vader, so Vader is stripping tokens or taking damage. Moff Jergerod, whose system phase boosts, yep. as boosting your decimator before you move. It um, also boosts the whisper as well. The whisper. 
Yeah, so Whisper can boost. Oh, dearie me. So Whisper can think... boost before decloaking? Or after. Or yep. after. Ugh. Then Novice Technician to just repair those crits that are horrible. Um, Agile Gunner. Thermal Detonators. So your arc's always pointing in the right direction. Thermal Detonators. So you've got bombs for behind you. A shield upgrade because he's not got enough health and Dauntless. So, yeah, there's an awful lot going on there. But basically, if the ship lands in Rack's arc, he vaders you. So you either take damage or spend a token. Then he shoots you with a duking fifth brother. So you either take damage or spend a token. And then he shoots you with um, basically a double modded rack shot. Um, and he can boost in for pre-move blocks with both of his ships. And Whisper can literally be anywhere. Ugh. That boost helps um, Rack get round corners as well. Because you can kind of get him stuck in the corner. But yeah. the boost sort of gets him around. I used to fly something a lot um, similar. But obviously, I had a bed back then. Yeah. And there's an awful lot of action free action economy there. So, with Lone Wolf plus um, Agile Gunner um, plus Darth Vader, there's an, awful, uh, there's an awful lot of not needing actions to be able to be effective. So, even if you do, is the Gergerod boost is stressful, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, I think it's, you can do it every other turn, I think, if I remember rightly. Yeah. It costs two charges, but you recharge one charge. Okay, and and it leaves you stressed. Yeah. Okay. That's it's probably yeah. It's probably what the um, FO bomber should have had. Really, let's be honest. But um, let's <laughs> let's move. move really on bitter that. about that, aren't you? Oh, it's dreadful. It's, it's not dreadful. It's really good, but it just seems like it's not been. It, 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 it doesn't I, seem I, bad though. I don't. I don't. I don't understand why people are giving all that hatred when the Republic Y wings can have. Uh, I calculate. Like, a, a calculate and a boost and oh, ions. That 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 single calculate it really makes a difference, doesn't it? It's it's when you spam them. It's it's solid. You can't escape them. Sounds like you're just salty because somebody diced you. Oh no, he didn't dice me. <laughs> wow, why you got to be like that, Rich? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. My head's gone today. I'm just feeling it. Why bit are you the way that you it's are? It's because Rich only ever loses when he gets diced. No, that's, <laughs> that's what he always I, says anyway. I wish that was true. He always comes <laughs> in the group well, chat going on about it. I wish that was true. <laughs> I genuinely do wish I only lost when I got diced. I, I lose all the time because I fly like a potato. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just let me just put this over here. What's the worst that my, can happen? Oh. My favourite Richard Polly tactic is let me tell my opponent exactly how my list works. <laughs> Lie against said opponent. Bad when loses. Do you know what? I've seen you do that so many times. Do you know what? I'd rather myself and my opponent have a good and a fun and an enjoyable game than I'd just play Gotcha X Wing. So you know, you're welcome. Yeah, but you you're welcome. Out, say, so if you kill this ship, basically my whole list falls apart. <laughs> oh well these are things that i have to learn um let people figure it out themselves um so anyway um the the, the event at board and brom was won by um andy cameron he was flying uh, something that we saw and uh, basically tearing it up at the gold squadron event um last week which was the five kiraxes with predator so uh joel springle who um i'm pretty sure listens to the podcast and is a, a um in I think he's in Jedi Council, isn't he? Um, he is, yeah. League, yeah. Who's that, sorry? Joel Springle. Yeah. 
Um, so he basically went um, 6-0 at the Gold Squadron final thing called Alderaan. Um, and then he tore the whole way through the entirety of the event until he hit final table without losing a game with five Kiraxes and with Predator. And uh, and then he hit final table and he dialed in a four straight instead of a three straight and flew off the board with one of his ships and lost. Because he Both was... team. Yeah. Um, so he probably would have won the event if he hadn't brain farted. And with it being the final, um, his opponent said, no, I'm not letting you take it back because you've flown off the board. Um, so leaving aside the conversation about would you do that? Because nobody really knows if they would do it until, you know, you're at oh, the final I would have of a big tournament. Off the board. <laughs> I'd like to think I wouldn't, but I don't know if it was the final table of a big event. And I thought, I'd also there's, no way, probably there's no way I can beat this list. I'd never ask anyone to let me off doing it either, though. No, I wouldn't. If I flew off the board, I wouldn't ask people to let me off doing it. But if somebody asked me to let them off, I probably would, um, if that makes sense. But I know that um, the judges um, of the American online events have in the past jumped in um, and said, you're not allowed to ask for it back. You've flown off the table. That's it. You made that decision. So they, they took the took the decision off the uh, out of the hands of the players, basically, as judges, they stepped in. So I don't know if that happened in this one. But um, anyway, uh, so Joel flew brilliantly and we are going to see if we can um, arrange matters to see if we can have a chat with him about his list because he's been flying five Caraxes for a while um, and he had a very unusual setup where he kind of just scatters them across his board edge at all sorts of different weird angles. So um, it caused an awful lot of excitement um, on Twitch and then when, when he was eventually on stream, people were kind of trying to figure out the madness behind it. And I remember I played against him ages ago, it must have been right towards the start of the pandemic, uh, possibly the first or second season of the Sith Taker League and um, I just I just said to him, "What, what's going on with that? And he said, oh, he said, this confuses people all the time. I said, oh, is it so that you can, you know, hit bullseyes and whatnot? And it was before he could even get Predator on them and he was like he said, no, it's just people really can't figure out where your ships are going to be for their boosts and barrel rolls to arc dodge, so they always waste actions on trying to get out of arc and then they don't, so you shoot them. I was like, right, got you, <laughs> okay. <laughs> seems to work i suppose you know if you're not if you're used to the ships being at 90 or 45 degree angles on the board because you set them up perpendicular to the the edges of the mat um you know it's it's harder to eyeball where things are going to land because you're used to you know thinking in in terms of those angles um and i guess with practice of playing with your ships at weird angles it becomes easier um but you know it and i guess this is why like certainly I do after a ship is bumped at some point and is at a slightly off angle, um, you're more likely to hit a rock with it when you're slinging around the rock because it's not quite on the right angle. So you, your eyes kind of deceive you, almost play optical illusions with you. But... Also, the, the weird little angles just trigger people. They just don't like it. Yeah. Like, well, well we must know something I don't. <laughs> can, can I ask a question about this different angles thing? No. Because it no. really confuses me. So it might be asking someone who knows what they're on about with the game. So, Tim, if you don't want jumping in. Uh, <laughs> so with this angles thing, if you if you deploy it, say, like just a, a small uh, extra rotation, so like 47 degrees or whatever, it makes it, allegedly, it makes it easier for you to hit your bullseyes. Yeah, so yeah, if you're at 20... easier to get than being front on, because you're going for the, the, the wider bit of the base. Okay, so counterpoint, doesn't it also make it easy for your opponent to get bullseye on you? 
So I think that the I remember listening to Paul Heaver talking about this because he was setting up at twenty two and a half or fifteen degrees off the perpendicular for ages on Vassal. Um and he said he said it takes ages to get used to and the first few games that you do it you'll fly like an absolute spud. But he probably didn't say that, but um you know, kind of same same logic, paraphrasing. You'll you'll fly like an absolute potato until you get used to it, but your opponents won't be used to it. Um, until you come across somebody else who's used to flying with their ships on those angles. Um, in terms of, is it more likely to hit bullseye slightly because you've got more base to work with that you're aiming your bullseye across? It's not just the width of a base. Um, kind of at every angle that you come in at, you're more likely to just nick the edge of it. But an awful lot of that is down to the fact that your opponent doesn't quite know where your ship is going to be because their brain is still thinking on 90 and 45 degrees it's it's really hard in this audio medium to explain why and how um i guess on your point liam it probably does make it easier for your opponent to hit bullseyes so you're trying to leverage your bullseyes against them so it comes down to being able to outfly them i suppose or put your ships in better places um but i think it seems to be aces that do it anyway so they're going to be moving last anyway and it just gives them the opportunities to do weird stuff with fancy barrel rolls and boost combinations sometimes they'll be moving last sometimes half the time (laughs) Or or not half the time, depending <laughs> if you want to waste. You were rolling your, on Tuesday. <laughs> waste all your crits. Waste all your crits on the three dice roll. It's fine. Um, so yeah. Anyway, uh, so well done to Andy for winning with that list. We just gone off and immediately said Andy won with this list, but it it was Joel's list. So. <laughs> well done, Andy, for winning. Um, and well done, Jerry, for coming uh, second. They both went four and zero over the course of the day, but Andy pipped it on MOV. And that's that's a pretty monstrous MOV for four games, twelve hundred MOV. He's not he's not really lost chips there, has he? He's lost half a few times. Um, so that's that's pretty well done. Uh, so yeah, um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about, and to be honest, this might actually be a bit of a shorter one than um, than last week's, uh, which was I saw coming in at nearly two hours. <laughs> so um, we'll just offset the balance of the world. Is um, So we do want to talk about um, random order after dials or whatever it's called, road. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about, and I want to talk to you guys a little bit about the community reaction to it. Um, so it's this isn't going to be a discussion about whether we think random order after dials is, is a good thing or a bad thing or not. Um, it's not going to be a discussion about whether we think the AMG are, you know, geniuses or not geniuses. Um, I think that one of the things that the last couple of weeks has kind of exposed to me is that there is a, a bit of toxic element to the community, and it's been a little bit scary um, to see the the hyperbole and the extremes to which people have gone. Um, in, in basically denigrating AMG and denigrating the individuals involved in the work that's happening in AMG. Um, and it it's a bit weird. Um, like, I get that people are really passionate about the game. I get that people are, you know, care deeply about stuff. But I also, you know, know that AMG corporately are trying to deliver a game that is successful and commercially successful. Um, so their measure for success is different to our measure for success. We know this. And, you know, we've talked about it on the podcast over the last few weeks um, with various people in various iterations. Um, 
what they've basically said is that they're not making the game for the current competitive community. They're making it for a broader group of people. And last week, I know you guys talked about um, what that means um, in terms of, well, how do you how do you push it out to a wider base of people if you don't release a new core set or if you don't release an updated set of rules? Um, and for me, it's just a bit, I'm getting a bit philosophical here, but it just seems a bit weird that, you know, people are almost assuming incompetence from AMG. They're thinking, I've thought of this thing in my bedroom, looking at the internet, so therefore AMG won't have thought of it. But, you know, I have faith that Will Schick, as head of development or whatever his job title is at AMG, knows what he's doing. He's an experienced game designer um, and that he will keep the X-Wing development on a course, a positive course. It might not be positive from the viewpoint of the current competitive community, but in terms of the game itself continuing, I think he'll be doing that. I do have some concerns about stuff like OP. I'm a little bit worried that, you know, OP's not going to be the same as we thought it was going to be, but in terms of the actual game itself, the actual rules are irrelevant. So back to my original point, I think what kind of weirded me out the most over the last couple of weeks was just seeing the the division and the aggression almost in the community of people soapboxing and like almost mm-hmm. just sidelining people that didn't agree with them. Um, and it became very opposed points of view um, with people just shouting at each other. And it really does feel like nobody's ever going to win. Nobody's going to change anybody's mind. People are entrenched in their views. So, you know, what I hope is going to happen from this point onwards is that people are going to play the games that they want to play. Old rules, new rules, made up rules that, you know, like the Gold Squadron event. (laughs) Just random player order at the start of the game. Turns out nobody wanted that. Turns out that's not what's going to happen, but we'll run it anyway. Um, Just run the games that make you feel like you're having fun. It's plastic spaceships at the end of the day. It's not going to be the end of the world, whatever happens. Um, But I think that the community could learn a little bit by taking a step back and thinking about just respecting each other, um, screaming from an entrenched position and declaring the game is dead um, in advance of any further announcements isn't really benefiting anybody. Um, so anyway, there's my soapbox. Um, I've said what I probably would have said over the course of the hour and 45 minutes last week, but more condensed. Um, have either of you got any thoughts on, funny, on kind um... of what's happened so far? It's funny you say this because as the shout outs, I was just gonna tell everyone to tell everyone stop being dicks to each other. But you <laughs> you worded it much better. Cause I was I just seen everyone shout and be grumpy at each other. It's like it's not it's not gaining anything, is it? Just being asses to each other. Yeah, it as well as I think the thing that is getting me is that it's it's all getting a bit disingenuous. Um like people are making bad faith arguments um about They're the best <laughs> arguments. <laughs> I mean, they're funny to read if you can identify them and read them from a dispassionate perspective. But when people are entrenched and people start making bad faith arguments, then it's, you know, yeah, I've seen, um, you know, things about, you know, talking about the experience of the designers, you know, talking about what they used to do as jobs, you know, talking about, you know, and it's like, well, that's that's irrelevant. Um you know, have have a conversation about it. If if you don't appreciate the work that they're doing, look at the work that they're doing and deal with it in isolation. But, you know, what they did as a job six months ago isn't really relevant. 
Um, and that, that that's a pretty, pretty specific one. Um, but um, as an example, you know, I've seen people with those kinds of discussions where they're not actually looking at the content of what AMG have done. And what really frustrates me is that in the mini extravaganza, which was only a couple of months ago, people were really positive about things like um, the kick the can astromech thing as an alternative format and of you know the scenario based play and we were all really happy with the changes and the announcements and the new products and everything like this um and everybody was super super happy with the changes that amg were proposing you know they made some changes to the gas cloud rules everybody thought that was great because gas clouds were busted so they fixed them you know there were so many minor changes that have been made that have been well received by the community but because it's not random order after dials people aren't talking about those positive affirmative steps that they've made to make the game better and um, to improve the game itself. Um, the recent points changes, apart from Dash, have been pretty much a bit of a triumph. Good changes everywhere. You know, even Dash isn't a, an undefeatable monster. You know, there's there's counterpoints in the meta. It's been a good set of changes. But they've said, you know, we want to change the game so that we've implemented random order after dials. And everybody's just lost their minds and stopped thinking rationally about other stuff. And I get it, you know, Tom talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Dale and, and Connor talked about it last week. We've talked about it repeatedly. I get it. It's different and it's probably not the game that some people want to play. Is it still the game I want to play? I don't know, but I'm going to give it a try, you know, and I want to try it um, just to see if I like it. If I don't, somebody's going to pick up a bargain in ships because, you know, I'll be buying into something else. So I'll be like eBaying by by twelve twelve, fifteen hundred quids worth of ships for a lot less than that. <laughs> Plus shiny dice and all sorts of things. Um, you know, but I want to give it a go and I don't want to be involved with and I have kind of regressed out of the community a little bit over the last few weeks because I don't really want to be involved in entrenched positions with people just screaming at each other. I'm trying to say, you know, well, let's wait and see, because we don't know, do we? You know, we? We literally don't know what they're going to do. They they dropped a whole bunch of stuff on Twitch. They mentioned a whole lot of things. The only thing that we know is that they want to do random order after dials. That's locked in. And deficit scoring, which is irrelevant because nobody's going to bid anymore. Everyone's going to build to 200. <laughs> so it's random order after dials. That's the only thing we know. Everything else that people are going mad about, about actions when you bump and go over rocks and it doesn't matter if you bump because you can shoot and all this stuff is stuff that they said they were testing but they've not locked in yet um so we just don't know yeah go on please please stop this being a me monologue really do so i understand why people have acted that were reacted the way they have because it comes from a very emotional place so i can speak for myself and only for myself here, but X-Wing and the people I've met playing X-Wing over lockdown helped pull me from a very dark place. And to have a game change where you've met these people, you've formed these friendships and whatever, changes a lot of what people found safety in. Yeah. Over lockdown, and it's fear and it people don't want to lose that and they feel if they lose that game they'll they could lose contacts they they lose something that they've had better their life it's a hobby people spend a lot of time with their hobbies 
whether it's painting, playing or whatever. And to have such a big part of someone's life changed to a point where you don't enjoy it anymore, it, it is naturally going to have a big effect. I'm not saying the way that anyone has reacted is right. I'm saying I understand where they're coming from. Yeah, it comes and from th- both sides of this as well because I've I've seen people go, well, you're not willing to give it a go, and I'm just like, I'm not willing to give it a go because it's not the official rules, and I'm only going to play the official <laughs> rules. Yeah, so like we've said the whole way through for the Sith Taker Open, obviously this is impacting us and how we're going to run this is that we will play the official rules as they stand at the time. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we said that we were going to set a date like a couple of weeks in advance of that. And because of people traveling and stuff, we're probably going to need to move that date out to about a month before. But basically, we're going to set a date and say whatever the official rules are on that date, that's what we're going to run as the event so you can plan for it and stuff. You know, we have got other thoughts and other considerations going on at the moment about, you know, um, I mean, we talk quite openly about our thought processes about the Sith Taker Open here. So, you know, please don't read anything into this. But, you know, we're thinking, should we run two events, you know, simultaneously in the same store, basically put two tabletop TO pages up and say, sign up for the one you want to play. One is random order after dials. One is the old rules with bids. And we'll see which one's more popular and we'll put price support on for both. You know, and one might end up being eight people, and the other one a hundred people, and one might end up being fifty-fifty. We don't know, but you know, can... <laughs> yeah, Casper of it. <laughs> <laughs> Liam is playing on tables one and two all day. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> just so, just so that he doesn't have to move two twice as many ships. <laughs> um, it's okay if you fly two two ship lists. It's fine. You should be able to cope. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's the kind of you know we're we're thinking about all sorts of things, but you know what would make it easier would be if we got communications out from AMG, um, in a centralized way. And I think this is kind of something that I hope that AMG learn about this community and about this game. Um, is that what they really need to think about doing is centralizing their comms and putting them out in a more consistent way, because at the minute it's kind of a, a meme joke kind of a thing that like somebody says oh i heard that they've changed the rules on you know general grievous's ability and it's like oh where did you hear that and it's be like on a legion paint stream on thursday night <laughs> and nobody can be bothered to go and watch the legion paint stream on thursday night to see if it's true or not so it just starts passing out into the community that you know there's this fact you know um AMG have decided that this is that the points are complete and there'll never be a, a, a wholesale points change again. Where did you hear that? Oh, it was on a random, you know, paint stream from Marvel, Marvel Crisis Protocol or whatever. And, you know, I just want the things that they say, like, I don't mind them drip feeding stuff out through, um, through Twitch. I think it's great that they're actually engaging with the community in that way as, as an organization. What I just want is to see that those comms then centralized somewhere, like just for somebody to write down all the things they tell people for different games and say, you know, here's here's a bunch of the stuff that we've talked about on Twitch, but as a news article, um, you know, once a week or once a month that you can subscribe to or, you know, that you can just, you know, bookmark or whatever young people do these days to find out information. Um, put it in an RSS feed, show what age I am. Um, you, you know what I mean? It's just like, just have something where it's a centralized point of communication. But people only need to look at you to know how old you are. I say I look good for my age, I think. Well, I don't believe you. And I think I think I look I've met you. Re- reasonable for my age is probably fairer than good for my age, but 
Yeah. <laughs> you right, look like so. you're still alive for your age. <laughs> I'm still, still, <laughs> still chugging on. You don't look like you've done a lot of drugs for your age. That's that's good. Thank you. No I'll take that as a compliment. You don't look like you did meth when you were younger. I mean, oh, that's a lot, thanks, a lot more than anyone in Wolverhampton can say. So I'd take that and run with it. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Oh, you set them up. Set them up. Um, so yeah, I mean, back, kind of circling back to the point. Um, I think the community needs to basically take a breath, and I don't know how much or many people are going to listen to this. Like, I know that people are probably sick of hearing people both preaching and ranting about random order after dials and telling the community to start behaving themselves. But I mean, can we not just say this is more of a don't be a dick moment? It is. It is one of those. It's one of those keep making Tim write down time checks to put in little, <laughs> little. I really should leave that in because it really needs to be said. Yeah, but um, please, please behave yourselves when you're talking to each other. Um, and you know, if we are screaming incoherently at AMG, then AMG will stop listening. So rational, well thought through, constructive feedback um, will be heard where if you're just screaming, you don't know what you're doing, you bunch of losers at them on Twitch stream constantly, they just stop looking at it. Why would they? Why would they look at it? Why would they take that abuse on an ongoing basis? There's just no reason for them to do so. Um, but, you know, um, Ollie did a, you know, a, a YouTube open letter thing where he basically said, my opinions coming from my perspective. Um, and it was all very rational, well thought through, um, edited, you know, to give his perspective, um, which, you know, I think that AMG were more than aware of that perspective already because it's the perspective that's held by most of the, um, most of the competitive players. But Ollie presented it in a very um, good and clear way. Um, it was articulate and it was coherent. Um, and that's much better than just spamming Marvel Crisis Protocol streams and Legion streams with, and Paint streams with, you know, what are you doing to my X-Wing game, you mugs, or whatever um, other abuse that they're getting. Because, you know, being a games designer is a thankless task. We know a few, you know what I mean? Like, because um, where Element is, um, you know, it's quite close to Steamforged games, and a few of the lads from Steamforged play X-Wing. Um, you know, not going to name check them at this point in time, but you know, they play X-Wing. Um, they are constantly talking about you know gap balance and design and, and all sorts of different things. And you know, there's a few lads that used to play um, X-Wing with us who've moved over and they work at Games Workshop, and they're constantly thinking about you know game design, game balance, you know, implementation of different things, you know, the community reactions to things and that sort of stuff. Um, and one of the hardest things about working in any form of games is the community management to the point where, again, I have um, acquaintances and and friends from um, past lives when I did live role playing of people who work as community managers for people like Virgin Media for Jagex Games and stuff like that. And they said that, you know, you just get the most um, vociferous support and opposition out of your community. And it just gets worse if you have a forum. Um, so, you know, I, I don't want to see all of the unmoderated questions on the rules forum because I suspect that they're being bombarded with not rules questions because it's a place where people feel that they can send messages to AMG when really it's D-Yun from the Minox Squadron and Chris Mitchell from Dyson Donuts or wherever it is on, in Bristol. Um, it's not, what's it called? Dice Saloon in Bristol. We were reading those, just deleting them. 
and they're not being read. You, you know, so if you want to send feedback to AMG, send it in a sensible way. Um, think about the fact that these people don't work for you. You're the community who buys their games, but their me- their success is being measured on commercials. If they sell product, they're getting a bonus. You know, if the game increases, if the numbers go up on the sales charts, they'll be getting a bonus, and that's them succeeding. So we as a community might not like it, but the next community, the people who aren't playing the game now but might at some point in the future, you know, if that's what Asmodee have told them to do, then they're doing the right thing for themselves and for their jobs, for their families. Um, so, you know, be kind, I guess, is another way to say, don't be a, a hey. Ding. Don't be a hey. Don't, don't be a bumper clot. <laughs> uh, hey, hey. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll us off that for a little bit because um, I don't think it needs to be done anymore. Um, if you want to hear... down off his box now. Yeah, if you want to hear any more about it, I'm given to understand that the Carolina crates, and I can't believe I'm going to point people towards them. It's the first um, podcast that they've done that's actually about X-Wing and not something completely random for about two and a half years. Um, but they got Paul Heaver on to talk about stuff. And um, apparently it's very well thought through, very well articulated, very clear where there's balance um, is given. Um, it's signs from the reviews of it. I've not listened to myself, but there's... Um, reviews that I've heard of it is that they are actually they, they've considered and written down points rather than just pressing record and starting to do a train of thought which is very clearly what I've done today um so um yeah so uh if you've got a spare I think there's about probably about 40 minutes of X-Wing content wrapped up in three hours of nonsense so if you've got a spare half your life to listen to them it, it might be worth having a listen to what Paul had to say about it because you know three times world x-wing champion he he knows what he's talking about with the game but he's got a very different perspective than um a lot of the competitive play he's saying also um, a play so, tester yeah. as well as me yeah has been for a long time has been for about nine years or something so yeah From what i hear he's just very good at games in general isn't he yeah, yeah I mean, he's he's the reason the nantex is broken it's him his fault he's, he's <laughs> a play tester it's all on him personally personally responsible I've just discussed him with one sentence. Do you know what? If Playtester had had that much influence, the Millennium Falcon and and the RZ-1A wings would be much, much better. Um, But, you know, there's only so much Jack could do. (laughs) Tried his best. (laughs) Can you make them broken? No, we have to unbreak them. No! Um, So you can thank Tom for the Jumpmasters. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for the ongoing continued nerf of Jumpmasters. Um... (laughs) Yeah, no, it was um... all of Italy's supply of them as well, didn't he? <laughs> between him, his dad, and his brother, yeah, they they owned. I think between nine and twelve, John Masters. Because I think they had more than that. Yeah, they had a lot. They had painted ones and unpainted ones. Anyway, um, so I mean, I I do just want to say in the end, I'm not opposed to uh, ROAD. I'm not opposed to staying with the current rules. Um, what I'm going to try and do is play the rules that are the official game rules um, as much as possible in tournaments. Um, so um, talking about tournaments, we've got Tim's event coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, Liam can't make it because he's physically moving his girlfriend's house into a different part of Wolverhampton or something. Um, Which should make more people want to come, to be fair. Maybe. There you go. <laughs> I'm a little bit sad that Liam's not going to be there, to be honest with you. Um, Oliver Williams was... might make it past cut, though. No, I'll try my best, mate. 
I'm, I'm, I've, uh, I've ordered an Ellen DeGeneres mask, so if I end up playing him, I can stand across the table from him and talk with a really bad Cod Brummy accent. Oh, do you know, I can tell you some phrases. The Sif Taper Open's finished, but I was planning on getting a cutout of you to be sat up at a table with Venny sat in front of him. <laughs> I, just, I just couldn't find anywhere to like get it done properly and quick enough. <laughs> oh, dear. Hilarious. We're going to get a life-size one of Tom Reed as well on an A4 piece of paper. <laughs> I mean, sat on his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I tried to do it, but it, it just didn't work out right. But that was my uh-huh. plan. Oh, you could have done it for the next one, but you've told yeah, me. But you, no, but you come in next time. That was the joke, because you weren't there. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, are you, you're playing it on Tim's event, aren't you, in a few weeks, Ben? Yeah. Have you, uh, have you thought about lists or anything yet? Have you thought about what you're going to do? 100%. I've been playing around with all sorts. I know, it's weird, isn't it? It's like, I've looked at stuff and I'm like, oh, do I try hard? Or do I use something that I know will be fun and I'll have a laugh with? Or do I try hard? Which rules are we going with? I can't remember. It's um, bid. Bid? Yeah. Okay. Bid, but um, deficit scoring. So you give your opponents your points if you bid. Two ships and a massive bid just to show how bad it is. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody can get 28 points at the start of the game off me, and I will lose every game 200 nil. <laughs> Champion. No, I don't know. I'm, you know, if I guess if you want to do well, you bring Dash, don't you? I mean, so like I'm, I'm looking at Dash as a, as a meta what choice, a and I think to myself, ha ha. Because my favourite ship carries a trajectory simulator and seismic bombs. <laughs> you know, I'm like, come on then, Dash. <laughs> but the I problem did is see the game you played with it and it was quite one sided. It it really was. And <laughs> I, I felt a little bit bad. Um no, Tim brought that filthy, filthy list again. He deserved a pound in. So like I wanted to try it because I'd head simmed it and thought, I'm pretty sure that I can just beat that. And it turned out I think that I was correct. Um because of any kind of neuters so much of what makes Dash good. Um, but that said, um, I think that it's not always going to be that one-sided of a game because Tim will acknowledge that he made some decisions that probably put him in a worse position. And on a different day, he might have made different decisions. Um, so um, the other problem with putting Venny in down on a table in the in, in element against all the other Sith takers is that literally everybody there has played against it more than once. Um, <laughs> so you don't get any free wins with it. It, it. it comes down to people don't just fly into your front arc, um, which they used to do. <laughs> it's like, uh, but um, no, I mean, I've got a bunch of lists like rattling around in my head and things that I'm having fun with and different types of ship that I'm enjoying. And another part of me just wants to fly a lat with three ETA2s because I, I own them. So um, I can well, just... Carmack list seems like something you would enjoy. Yeah, I've used kind of stuff with it. I just need to learn how to fly Anakin, to be honest. Um, flying AC ships has never been my um, my forte. They always just kind of get caught and melt. Um, I'm just, I think I'm just too aggressive with them because I like to pretend they're T-70s and they can take a punch when they're, they're just not, um, you know. I'm putting an ETA two with passive uh, anywhere near fifth brother with passive sensors just seems like something that you should be thinking. Nope, let's just not nope out of that zone because that's where fifth brother is going to be pointing his art this turn. Um, but no, I just fly into it and I'm like, yeah, it'll be grand. And then they just evaporate in one shot. It's all good. Um, 
So yeah, I mean that that Cormac list is one of the things I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about just you know slapping um, like Baby Anakin with a few bits and bobs and a few other toys on because I love Baby Anakin. And then I'm also thinking about flying some stuff with Commander Poe. So um, Commander Poe has been a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to give J. Chris Tubbs a try as well with Commander Poe and Venny. Those three ships together seems like fun. J. Chris Tubbs, yeah. <laughs> If you want to know what he does, he, he if he does a blue move, he clears an extra stress from somebody within range one, zero to one of him. So he can clear two stress a turn by doing blue moves from your team. Pretty nice. But nobody's ever used him before, so it's probably because he's not that good. But we'll find out. <laughs> uh, probably going to be using that tomorrow night or yesterday by the time the podcast comes out. So I am quite looking forward to it. And I know that Tim's like sold um, kind of between 30 and 40 tickets for it. So it's going to be a, a reasonably big event. And we've got some people coming from kind of across the Northwest. Um, and even from, as, as well. even from as far afield as London, yeah, Dale's coming up for it, which is going to be really good um, and some good prizes. So I am I am looking forward to the event. Um, is Dale staying over, do you know? I have no idea. I'm going to message him and find out. I hope so. I hope he's not going to do the four-hour drive back to London, at, you know, starting at 8, 8 p.m. or whatever time we finish at. Who knows? I'm messaging him. I'm going to find out. I won't find take out him, now, but you know. Take, take him out for a pasty. <laughs> take him around your house and get him to measure up for that new bathroom your missus has been asking for. <laughs> My house got a brand new bathroom. I don't trust anyone to do it again. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> while, you, while you're here, Dale, can you quote me for a bit of building work? <laughs> <laughs> Would you travel from Croydon all the, all the way to Derbyshire? <laughs> I mean, he'll come this far to play with spaceships. I'm sure he'll come this far if I pay him for it. <laughs> he might do. You never know. <laughs> What if you pay him in spaceships? I mean, they're my spaceships. I don't want to give them away. <laughs> you know what? You get in a bathroom? No, I'd rather keep my spaceships. It's called a trade deal. I don't use the bathroom. It's fine. You don't use most of your trade your spaceships, to be honest. <laughs> you've, got, you've got ones in your shed that you've still not opened. <laughs> I'm not that bad. <laughs> uh, okay. I know. That's good. Can't guarantee I've played with everything. <laughs> <laughs> but well, even have only got good. They used to be rubbish. I, I can't quite understand. Like, I get that, you know, they're fairly fast. They've got three greens. They have a focus token and a, and a two red gun. But I think they're just, they're really cheap, good blockers, I think. I and, you know, say, they got cheap. That's what's good about them. <laughs> yeah, you just, just jam them in now. they're I think they're better than torrents <laughs> because while they've got less oh. health. Dale's actually just messaged me back and he's just put, no idea. Oh. <laughs> Forward planning. That's the thing. Legend. <laughs> I say, I don't know if my spare room's free. How do you not know? Because uh, um, Daryl from Northern Ireland might be coming over and I don't know if he's staying in a hotel or at mine. Um, I can't remember. He'll tell me on Wednesday night after he hears this. Oh, I uh, thought you were having a swingers party again. Not again, not after the last time. <laughs> Daryl walks in, puts his keys in a bowl, and it's just utterly dejected when nobody else joins him. This is Bolton, not Surrey. <laughs> You'll have anyway. to get a, uh, cushion with his face on again. Oh, that was Alex Burt, wasn't it? I know, yeah, it was. It was Bob. Uh, 
Bob did that to Alex Burt, the poor boy. First oh. thing you see when you walk into a, into somebody else's spare room in their house is a picture of your face on a cushion. <laughs> <laughs> did Alex keep the cushion? I think yeah, he, he did. did. Yeah. yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He took it home with him. I love that Bob didn't even say anything. He just <laughs> showed him to the room and walked off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just a bit odd. It's just a bit odd. But anyway, these are the things. This is the fun that we have in X-Wing. Um, and this is, I mean, this is the thing, like, you know, the community, was a, the community can be such a lovely, wholesome, welcoming and engaging place. And then the internet happens and everything just goes mental. Um, so anyway, circling back there to the previous conversation a little bit. Um, but I, I don't really have anything else I want to talk about today. Have either of you two got anything else that you wanted to touch on? Nope. Uh, no. Nah. Kind of beat me to my. Telling everyone I, to be mean. I have one thing I need to mention. Is it a shout out for Borden Brum? No, it's not. It's the fact that hey, 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 hey. This is this is definitely the worst episode for a long time for Tim having to edit it. Um, <laughs> so I know I usually behave myself. That's a quote. You, you can't you can't edit that out. Hey hey! Thanks thanks Liam for your valuable input on X Wing as a game <laughs> as a game system. Hey hey! I think you have to get a, a ship painted in. Hey hey! Style now. What was that? Look, where, am I getting a ship with a? Sc- hey hey! A, sc- a schoolgirl <laughs> outfit or a or a red <laughs> leather red red leather catsuit. On <laughs> Actually, Liam, next event you've got to wear a red leather catsuit. No, no, he oh, doesn't. That- there's not enough leather in the world to cover me. <laughs> I'm sure they do them in tent size. <laughs> My point still stands. I'm going to have to go outdoors for a cat suit. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Um, so, okay. Um, so the things that we're going to be talking about over the next couple of weeks, we're going to try and stay away from random order after dials because it's just going to end up with us um, swinging through the seven stages of grief again, I suspect, depending on stuff. We are currently waiting for AMG to do some more announcements on it. Um, one thing that I've, I have said is that if um, if they do the any formal announcement on changes to the rules reference before Christmas, I will eat it big old spoon of marmite at the city taker open um and that's not like a punishment it's not it, it's a punishment for me oh, <laughs> I, i'm i'm gonna guess you're on the marmite is fine side of the 50 50 divide but i'm, I'm going not. on the marmite is gorgeous i know it's vile vile to the point where i ordered i got some like extra mature <laughs> oh, oh <that laughs> makes me vomp gip just thinking about it i'm gonna um, rub it all over your ships but yeah, um, the other thing I was actually thinking about doing, and I'm going to say it now because it's just popped into my head, was for Tim's event in two weeks' time, um, I genuinely don't know what to fly. So um, I have pretty much enough of everything in Rebel, Resistance, and Republics in my collection to run whatever I want. Um, so, And Ben has pretty much everything to run whatever he wants. So i tell you what I'll do is um, if well, anybody wants to... Everything. I have everything. Yeah, so if anybody wants to tell me what to fly... And it can be anything as long as between probably myself and Ben and a few of the other Sith takers, we can source the components. Um, then I'll just fly that. So there we go. So give me a list. There you go. It's a challenge for the for the listenership is give me a list of things to fly. Um, and How I'll many try. can you fit in a list? <laughs> How many quad jumpers? No pods, just the little pods. Oh, there's only four of them. 
<laughs> there's only four, four names. Four of them and that's it. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, stick a list together. We'll put them all on a randomizer and I'll fly them. But, you know, we will just rule things out that are dumb, dumb. Um, like, you know, just four pods loaded oh, up for, for bear. Ideas, it though. would be it would be funny, but um, briefly. Yeah, there's only there's only four. BB-8, Vimerati, Rose and Finn. They'd be really annoying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure you could put 200 points on them, though. Oh, no, you could. Easy. They've got a crew slot. You can put pointless crew on them that are really expensive. Um, so, yeah, um, stick that on there. Um, if you want me to use my own collection of stuff, then Rebels Resistance Republic, if you want me to be deeply uncomfortable, um, then go with something like Separatists or Scum and Villainy, because I won't have a clue what to do with it. Um, I just like First Order, then you'd be really sad. I have used First Order a bit on TTS. Oh, have you? Here and there. Here and there. Yeah, no, it was ages ago. I was flying them. <laughs> um, I was flying Tabs and Phasma and other shit. I was flying that Tabs and Phasma combo. Oh, yeah. Um, for a bit on TTS for a laugh because it's a, it's really funny. But you know, I'm terrible with it. So anyway, yeah. Um, Tim's telling us to wind it down, and he's right because we've been waffling for the last five minutes. So, um. In terms of shout outs, um, Liam's going to shout out Board and Brum. Liam? Uh, I'm, I am going to shout out Board and Brum, but I'd also like to shout out two guys that travelled all the way from Swansea to attend the event. Uh, Mark Ball and Neil Powell. Uh, just, I don't know if you guys listen, but it was a pleasure having you down there. And I hope you enjoyed it, and hopefully we see you down there more often. All the way from Swansea. All the way from Swansea. And shout out to Oliver Williams for being a coward and losing still. <laughs> Going all the way to Munster to avoid playing, yeah. Yeah. Bless him. And Ben, anything from you? Yeah, just um, anyone who's in the Sith Taker League got till the 1st of December to get the missed games in. And then the next season will start on the 1st of February. Well, whichever the first Monday is of that, I've not looked yet. First. Monday in February 2022. Yeah, I should look on Cool. Um, just on the Sith Taker League, anybody who's in Mandalore this season. Um, oh, no, I've slipped to fifth, Raging. Somebody's been playing their games. Super sad now. I'm I, haven't, that... I haven't updated the scoreboard yet. I'm waiting till all the rest of them come in. Uh, there's a there's a few unplayed games above me where people have got um have got freebie wins and losses um checked in at the minute so um we have to see if uh, if anything changes after that but it looks like I might have narrowly avoided promotion again which is always good <laughs> um keep, keep me somewhere where I don't get smashed every week um so um I just want to um shout out everybody in the the various online communities that we're part of um where we have been having rational and vaguely sensible conversations um and to people who are managing to to choke back their anger um and waiting for official news before they fully rage out and cancel their accounts um but um Ben has pointed out um that if you do want to rage out and cancel your account then um, let him know because he will probably buy your ships because he's still got some space <laughs> in his shed for some more spaceships that he won't use. <laughs> I might use them. Maybe. Maybe at some point you'll be able to fly 14 decimators in one list because <laughs> every collection's got one. <laughs> All right. I think that... actually got four. <laughs> Just only four. Yeah. So... <laughs> I love right. the decimator though. It looks nice. It's also got good parts on it that you can take apart and, you know, put on other ships when you're cannibalizing it. So, yeah, <laughs> get on it. 
Anyway, on that note, um, I'm going to say goodbye from Liam. Doodles. And goodbye from Ben. Bye. And goodbye from me. Be excellent to each other. Good night. I want to scream and shout and let it all out. And scream and shout and let it out. We say, you know, we are, we are, we are. We say, you know, we are, we are, we are. I want to scream and shout and let it all out. And scream and shout and let it out. Well, I am in Britney, bitch. Before you think you've outwitted me, Mr. Polly, I will just state for everyone here right now, if this is being recorded, I don't have access to the oven because the decorators are in. So all, listen, everything's listen, all over the shit. kitchen. You don't need an oven. Have you got? Have you got access to a microwave? Yes, and just the microwave. So you could have microwaved the potato and then mashed it. But I don't have space to mash it, mate. Mate. Where were you going to eat it, then? In my room. I'm not going to mash it in my room, am I? Hey, hey. Mash mash your little... Hey, hey. ...in there, I'm turning off. Only for you. (laughs) Only when you're hungry, son. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) It's gone to a dark place. So anyway, they didn't have potatoes in the supermarket, is basically what you're saying. They didn't have mashed potato. And you eat like a child. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> did they have smash, though? That's the big question. Oh, they did have smash? Or not Do you know what? Smash. I know smash is disgusting, but I kind of like it. It's uh, it's certainly a unique flavour combination. Yeah. I don't think of it as mashed potato, though. I just think of it as smash. smash. Yeah, none, none of it tastes like potato. Also, Rich, because of you, yes. I made a roast dinner on Sunday. And You're they're welcome. Still, they're still... Hey, hey! It's such a lot of effort to go for for meat and two veg. I mean, if you're only having two veg, you're doing something wrong. I didn't have two veg. I had one. Oh, Jesus. It's not is a roast dinner, then, is it? I didn't go full roast. I did make like the stuffing from scratch. And... Did you do goose fat roasties? Hey, hey. Do you know, I tried. Somebody told me that air fryer roasties are amazing. Spoiler alert, they're not. Oh, yeah. They're... Hey, hey. Lie to you. Goose fat roasties. Yeah, I know that. The, the worse for you roasties are, the nicer they taste. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> That's totally true. <laughs>